Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast this is betting across america with mike pritchard and josh applebaum the Sports Betting Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard. I'm one of your hosts. I'm out in Vegas. The other host that you have on the program today is Josh Applebaum out there in Boston. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Pritch. Big day. I didn't expect to talk about hand size today, Pritch, but I think we're going to talk a little bit of a hand size, which uh, obviously we'll have a full breakdown here. Kenny Pickett measuring only 8.5 inches, which would be uh, the smallest of any quarterback really in almost or any recent history that we've seen. Michael so, Vick. Will that affect Michael Vick? Yeah, last one there. I was looking at the ESPN article, and again, Vick had a pretty uh, pretty decent career there, obviously running and throwing, but uh, does this push pick it down the draft board. So we'll have a full breakdown on this. How could it affect us as betters betting the NFL draft? A lot to get to, Pritch. We got to talk uh, some recapping of last night, big NBA day, big college basketball day. Excited to talk to our buddy Greg Hoops Peterson. Uh, but really, Pritch, one play that came through yesterday was the Indiana Pacers. Remember that mm-hmm. dog to fave line move toward yep. Indiana? They're on the road at Orlando. They open getting two. They flip to minus two. There are two games today. We'll have full breakdowns later in the show. But one would be the Boston Celtics tonight. My Celtics, uh, even though they're missing Jay and Brown, they open as a around a two point dog. Now they're a two and a half point favorite. Same thing with the Dallas Mavericks tonight. They open as around a two point dog, and now they're a two and a half point favorite. So well, my favorite system matches got a couple today. Pritch, how you feeling? And by the way, what, what was your hand size going into the NFL draft? My oh, man? it was bigger than eight and a half. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I think I'm in the nine plus range, uh, Josh. To be honest with you, which uh, as a receiver, you know, the bigger football. I mean, we'll we'll debate that here in a minute. Uh, but I do want to get back and recap uh, some betting action that we had because uh, I think the teachable moment times you mentioned the dog, the favorite system that you play and how reliable that can be at times. Uh, You know, you think about teams uh, from a conference tournament standpoint, like Auburn and the SEC, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to bet the SEC and conference tournament. I know each in every game is going to be that individual aspect to it, but just looking at Auburn survive in overtime, uh, they fortunate. They have a great player in Jabari, Jabari Smith, uh, but, you know, this is a team that I guess has the respect to be a number one overall seed. I'll get, we'll get Hoops Peterson's uh, uh, thoughts on that. But what do you think about Auburn at this point? 
So to me, Pritch, I think it's one of these teams that uh, I don't know if the hype really matches the analytics and kind of what we've seen from them from a numbers perspective. So obviously they're kind of in line for a one seed here. They've had a great year. Mm -hmm. You know, Jabari uh, Smith is a guy who I'm looking at as either him or Chet Holmgren going number one overall in the NFL. And the uh, here I am, Pritch, NFL drafts on the mind. <laughs> NBA draft coming up here. He's a great uh, player. Paolo Bancaro. Yeah, great player. Uh, Bancaro could go three there from Duke as well. So from a betting standpoint, you know, we're looking at Smith as an individual uh, player here in the market. But also, you know, I'm not too high on Auburn, Pritch. You know, one thing I like to look at is where the public perception is on a team versus where a guy like Ken Palm ranks them. So I'm looking at Ken Palm's latest rankings. He has Auburn ranked seventh. So in front of Auburn, he has Houston, Duke, Kentucky, Arizona, Baylor, Gonzaga's number one. So if you're looking at, you know, from a perspective of Auburn ranked fifth, looking, trying to get that one seed, uh, kind of the analytics put them a little bit down to like seven or eight from that perspective. So obviously, you, you know, you had a, a spot there with Mississippi State. Uh, with that number, you know, the kind of a, a spot there, I think it was a terrible bad beat. If you're Mississippi state Pritch again, they were mm -hmm. getting, you know, three and a half, four points. You have to go to overtime there and overtime is where a lot of, you know, unders go to die. It's a, where a lot of dogs go to die Pritch, because you feel good about that game, you know, going into OT tied. And then you get steamrolled there 20 to seven Auburn outscores Mississippi state. So kind of a tough spot. If you took that hazmat play with Mississippi state, but Pritch, what's your take on Auburn at sometimes they're, you know, 26 and four, they're ranked fifth in the country. They have a, a star player here. Year, but uh, I don't know. Is it a situation where you get into the tournament? Maybe they've been overvalued throughout the year. Well, I mean, uh, that conference is is thick. I mean, it's really good, Josh. Mm -hmm. And in terms of okay, who's going to be a number one overall seed or number one seed? I mean, I think it's up for grabs. And and Hoops Peterson kind of alluded to that early on a few weeks ago. Uh, you can go one through probably eight spots, really, in terms of uh, considering the best team in college basketball. But uh, as a one seed, it gets difficult. I mean, they're sharing the SEC regular season conference. Uh, Kentucky's there. Arkansas is there. Tennessee. I mean, you're going to have four teams from the SEC projected right now uh, to all be uh, top four seeds right there. So uh, that's incredible to think about it, that one conference having that many teams all one through four in terms of seeding for the tournament. Yeah, you're exactly right, Pritch. And, you know, can you bring up the name Kentucky? This is a team that, to me, is kind of flying under the radar here. They are the favorites when that SEC tournament. Mm -hmm. Ken Palm has them as the fourth best team in the country where, you know, their ranking isn't quite as high as that as the analytics. So I like to look for discrepancies. Like, what's your, your win-loss record in your ranking, you know, from the AP poll? And then, you know, the top 25. And then how does that jive with some of the analytics? You can look for situations where maybe a team is overvalued or undervalued. To me, Kentucky would be a team that's a little bit undervalued here that you're not hearing a ton about, uh, but, but the numbers really like them in terms of offensive, defensive efficiency, and obviously Calipari having done this uh, quite a few times. But Pritch, you mentioned Arkansas real quick. We were talking LSU yesterday. Yep. So uh, again, you know, Mississippi State went to die in overtime, but LSU put up a great fight. Mm -hmm. Arkansas ends up winning that game by 1.77-76. But another teachable moment where Arkansas was a really heavily bet favorite, getting almost, you know, 70, 80% of bets across the market ranked team. LSU is unranked yet. That line was pretty much a line freeze. This is what I always look at Pritch or, or even a reverse line move. You open Arkansas laying six or five and a half pretty much stayed exactly where it's at. Told us some liability LSU. So anyone who had an LSU ticket from last night, if you're on the money line, kind of a tough beat, but with the points there, nice cover from the yeah, Tigers. Absolutely. Nice cover for sure. I love the teachable moments, Josh. It certainly helps us move forward as betters moving forward to the national football league. Uh, a lot of people anticipating in the throwing uh, nature for these quarterbacks. Josh, we have odds to be the first quarterback drafted 
Let's go over these. Kenny Pickett is minus 120. Uh, Willis is plus 110. Howell plus 450. Corral plus 800. I don't think Corral is going to be throwing uh, at the combine. Pickett will be. Willis will be. Uh, and then you got Ritter at 10 to 1. But it's all about Pickett. You mentioned his hand size. Measures eight and a half inches at the combine. Now, going through this process myself, Josh, I, the, uh, the combine's nothing but a meat market, man. And they, they break you down. Uh, there's nothing favorable for you at the combine. They put you through the test uh, because you really, when you think about it from an athlete's point of view, Josh, it's the first time that you do not choose what your next move is going to be. Like in high school, going to college, you choose your college. And so as a player getting drafted, they choose you now. So they want to find out everything there is to find out about you, whether or not you can overcome difficult situ situations, whether or not uh, the criticism, uh, does that bother you, right? Because they're going to put you to the test. And uh, measuring an eight and a half, we saw Kenny Pickett not want to measure his hands at the Senior Bowl. He has to do it at the Combine. He did it. He got it out the way. Now it really is going to fall back on how he throws the football. How accurate will he be with the NFL football? Yeah, so I think as betters, I think I want to take advantage of kind of this bad news for Pickett. And you almost feel bad for the guy. He had a great year and all that. If, you, if you're, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, do not go on Twitter today because the memes, the gifts, I mean, it's yeah. pretty bad out there. But uh, I would say as a betting perspective, to me, this is an opportunity to bet on Malik Willis to be the first quarterback selected, Pritch. You know, okay. what you've seen kind of from a trend line here uh, is really Willis, who really impressed there at the Senior Bowl. So that's really, you know, improving his stock. Then you look at Pickett, obviously, with the news of, uh, of his hand size that's going to decrease his stock overall. So in the betting market, you have Pickett as a minus 120 favorite to be the first QB off the board, yet really his stock is falling. So Willis, you can still get some plus money at plus 110. This is the kind of player who, to me with Willis, is kind of that like that unknown pitch. Like he, he's really athletic. He can run. He can throw. That's kind of the future of the NFL here. Uh, and do, you know, old school organizations just say, hey, he got he had good numbers. Yeah, he put up good, you know, good stats at, at Pittsburgh, but we just can't draft a guy with the hands this small. I think you're going to get some of that anti-picket bias based on that. So to me, the play would be Willis here uh, at some plus money, almost like, you know, we we're talking Evan Neal at plus 175. Now he's a minus 140, minus mm -hmm. 150 favorite. I could see this market moving pretty quickly off the news that Pickett has these small hands. And Pritch, just for some, uh, you know, for some, some comparison here, the smallest hands in the NFL right now for any quarterback would be Taysom Hill, uh, eight, eight inches and eight, eight, uh, 8.75 inches uh, in terms of the smallest. Just some other numbers here. Joe Burrow, nine inches, only a half inch bigger. It doesn't really seem to hurt Burrow. He's pretty good in the NFL. Uh, Mahomes, 9.25 inches. The biggest hands in the NFL, Pritch, Jordan Love, 10 and a half inches here. So uh, to me, another way to play this would be looking at, you know, over under position and what, you know, team could select certain players here. So the three teams that we've talked about, the commanders picking number 11, are you going to go pick it number 11 now on the news that his hands are really small? Probably not. It does Willis go early there. Uh, I would look at also the saints going number 18 uh, Pritch in, in your opinion, if you have small hands, like if you're in new England, <laughs> you have bad weather, you need big hands like Tom Brady and yeah. even uh, Mac Jones here. What do you, what if you go to a dome could pick it, do very well in a dome. If he falls to 18 to the saints, maybe that mitigates some of that small hand size. Right. And you look at Pittsburgh at number 20, do they take a shot on Pickett? He's from, you know, the same state here, but you play in bad weather there. That could be maybe a dangerous spot there. Well, I think that's why uh, it's so important for him to throw at the combine because a lot of these coaches, these GMs, they want to see how he delivers the football. It's a different football than in college. And uh, now he's going to be indoors uh, in Indy. Uh, but yet 
you're going to extrapolate that out to what you saw on tape, too. So he played at Pitt. Uh, he wore gloves. Again, a different football. If you're a cold-weather team, are you concerned about Pickett playing in the month of January? Absolutely. Uh, I'll go back to Tony Romo, who has small hands. Remember uh, the playoff game against Seattle? He fumbled that field goal attempt, right? But that was a field goal. That wasn't throwing a football in a quarterback situation. But you do have concern uh, about small hands. I think when you look at Pickett, the fact that he fumbled the ball uh, a considerable amount at Pittsburgh, too, uh, that's going to factor into some thinking. So uh, making fun of the hand size is, is one thing. But for these teams making that decision with the first round pick being a quarterback, they will nitpick this situation on Kenny Pickett. Absolutely. I think you're totally right, Pritch. And if you're Pickett, you know, obviously it's a negative with your hand size. You better be super accurate. You better be super heady. Uh, obviously, if the, the hand size is a negative, let's really shine in terms of positive. You know, are you really quick with the playbook? You know, do you get it out quick? To me, those are the things that Pickett could maybe become a value play late first round for some. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up next on the program, uh, Greg Hoops Peterson. But we want to remind you about our hopes and our madness special right now, only $19 uh, to get all this kind of information that you're going to need to fill out your bracket, betting against the spread, every team in the tournament. We're going to have that analysis for you. Get to vcin.com slash madness, only $19. Coming up next on the program, we mentioned Greg Hoops-Peterson. A lot to break down with Hoops. It's next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID. Open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Zero, zero. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. And so is our next guest, Greg Peterson. V sends the Greg Peterson experience host, also Coast to Coast Hoops podcast host. Greg, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me. And we start off the day with just an insane game between good old Louisiana UT Arlington. Another textbook example of the number that you wind up getting in a game proving to be oh so important. Absolutely. I mean, conference tournament time is crazy. The Big South in particular, too. Uh, you know, we'll get to that. I, I want to ask you about one particular game, but I'm curious on your thoughts because we just saw it. Uh, and it, But it's TCU in Kansas, so it's a big number. Kansas right now laying 12 points. Uh, 142 is the total. Uh, I've been impressed with TCU running the gauntlet of the Big 12 and, and certainly being competitive, but some advantages that they have on the glass, I get that. But this is a big number. Uh, any chance that TCU can get inside this one in a repeat of performance against KU? I do like the fact that this number has moved a little bit. It opened up at 11. Now we're finding it at 12. My number on this was 11 and a half. I thought that at 11 and a half, I was being a little bit aggressive with Kansas and a little bit of a bounce back spot as well. Here at 12, I think we've got up a little bit too lofty. This sort of reminds me of what we wound up seeing with that Providence versus Villanova game. I believe it was on Tuesday where you wound up having Providence, a team that I thought that they weren't going to be able to win the game the second time around, but I mean, them being a nine and a half to 10 point underdog against Villanova just felt a little bit out of whack. And I think the same thing here with TCU. TCU is not a team that's going to light the world on fire from three. They're not going to do a great job with regards to like free throw shooting percentage. They rank right around 50th with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. So solid, not great, but what they do a good job of, they give themselves second chances. Yeah. Top five in all of college basketball with regards to offensive rebound rates. So I do think that that's going to prove to be very important in this spot. You've got a Kansas team that they haven't necessarily been the world's greatest on defense, right around 80th with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. They're doing a better job of having Jalen Wilson, a couple with David McCormick, give you right around 14 and a half rebounds per game. So I do like what those guys are able to provide. But at the same time, it's one of those things in which is Kansas going to be able to get their revenge in this game? I certainly think so. I think the numbers just went up too high, though. Mm. Greg, it's great to check in with you today, and uh, I know you're super excited about this time of year. It's your time to shine, my man, so keep on grinding. But uh, one thing I want to mention, you mentioned that Louisiana game, really the importance of getting the best number. I mean, this is a tweet by Tim Murray, our colleague here, but Louisiana was up by 14 points with three minutes left. They end up winning by three. What happens with the line? It opened at one point, minus three and a half, closed three. Around there, that's the difference between a win, a loss, and a push, depending on what number you get. So that's what makes betting so difficult, but also so exhilarating. But Greg, I want to get your take on a big game here, Iowa and Michigan. This one caught my eye for a system play in terms of a unranked home favorite versus a ranked opponent. You have Iowa, good record, 21 and eight. Uh, ranked 24th in the country. Michigan is unranked. They're 16 and 12. But this game opened, you know, with Michigan as around a one and a half point favorite, one point favorite. We've seen it get, uh, you know, steamed up a little bit to minus two or even minus two and a half. Do you agree with this move? Is there any value here uh, on Iowa plus the points? Personally, for me, I like Michigan on the money line. But what's your take on this game? This is typically a spot in which I would be taking a look at a, the home team, but 
I do think that you have to factor in the revenge spot as well, because this is an Iowa team that they wound up taking a loss to Michigan, and it's very fresh. It wound up happening two weeks ago on their home floor at Carver Hawkeye Arena. If you had a Michigan team that they're one of the most unique teams in all of college basketball right now, because we all saw the John Howard situation about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Now they're being coached by Phil Martelli, who, honestly, from an exit perspective, probably a little bit of an upgrade. Wound up coaching at St. Joe's. He wound up winning over 440 games while he was there. So it's not like they're just sending some guy in off the street being like, all right, you don't have to coach up against, uh, you don't have to coach up Michigan because I need a very good coach, but at the same time with Iowa, I think that they're going to learn from what wound up happening in game one. I think that Iowa's going to be able to do a good job of be able to generate some swipes. We all like to dog on the Iowa defense, and it's far from great. Outside the top 100 with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis, but the one thing that they do do is generate turnovers, and they generate right around eight and a half of them per contest, and we've seen Michigan really have some letdowns at home. We wound up seeing this against Illinois a couple nights ago in a relatively similar spot. That was a little bit more of a pick game, but Illinois, they were able to go on the road. They got the job done because they exploited a Michigan team that ranks right around 190th with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. And you would think that with Hunter Dickinson in the fold, Michigan's interior defense will be strong. They allow opponents to shoot over 50% from the floor. They're outside the top 200 with regards to opponents' two-point field goal shooting percentage. Iowa is an okay three-point shooting team. They're not necessarily great. I think that they're going to be able to get inside against Hunter Dickinson, and I think that they're going to be able to get points. I look at Iowa on the money line, and I'd like them to be able to avenge your loss from a few weeks ago. We're speaking with Greg Peterson, uh, host of the Greg Peterson Experience right here at, at VSEN, also Coast to Coast Hoops podcast. Must listen. Uh, I will say that for sure. Greg, you're doing a great job with that podcast. It's amazing. Um, let's get to Missouri Valley Conference as we, we are in the midst of conference uh, tournament time. Uh, any team standing out to you uh, on the board from a favorite standpoint or anything standing out from a value standpoint as well? How about if we take a look at the two games that we're going to be getting tonight, Valparaiso and Evansville, and you've got an Evansville team that I'm just not high on whatsoever. Evansville is a team that, with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, they rank outside the top three. They're going to be going up against a Valparaiso team that they do have a guy in Kobe King who used to be a double-digit scorer over there at Wisconsin, guy that has been able to give you right around 14 or so points per contest. I do like what he's able to bring to the table for this bunch. Valparaiso probably going to be without their top rebounder and Thomas Kithier. He's been out ever since Valentine's Day, but you do have an Evansville team that they've been without their main point guard in Jawan Newton. He has been out of the fold for a little bit, so Evansville, a team that didn't have, necessarily have a lot of depth to start with, they're going to be left with one guy that averages over 8.5 points per contest. Not necessarily the world's sexiest matchup here, but Valparaiso being a 6-point favorite now, they wound up going up from 5. I still like it despite the line move, so I'm going to be on Valparaiso, and then the Indiana State versus Illinois State game. Illinois State is a very unique program in that Dan or their coach, he wound up actually stepping down a few weeks ago, but it's an Illinois State team that they've actually had some good results this year. You may recall, they very nearly went into the Colts Center and knocked off Wisconsin. This is a team that they're able to put up points. Top 45 with regards to possessions per game, Indiana State, they really cranked up their tempo as well. They brought in the coaching staff from Lincoln Memorial, a team that at the D2 level, they put up 85 points on the regular. So Indiana State, they've bumped up their tempo. They do shoot 78% of the free line, but Illinois State also saw that the free line. Illinois State has figured out how to be able to play without Sadim Sal someone who wound up being able to give the team right around six or so rebounds per game. Gentleman from UMass that wound up transferring him. He is now out of the fold for them, but Illinois State has been able to do a good job of mixing and matching. I like Illinois State as a very slight favorite in the spot. 
Greg, let me go off the beaten path a little bit. Let's let's show the audience how good you are at these games. I'm going to throw you a random one at you. Morgan State and right. Coppin State here in the MEAC, Greg. So this is a good spot for you. I saw an interesting move here. This, uh, number one, this is an added game extra game. It's game 306-173, 306-174. So these tiny little games that are really obscure that no one's really talking about or betting on, to me, line moves are meaningful. It tells me they're coming from respected bettors like you, Greg, who set your own numbers and maybe find a discrepancy play here or a source play or some kind of edge. Big move here to, to uh, Morgan State here, uh, Greg. They opened getting plus one and a half. They flipped to a two-point favorite. Any thoughts on this game? Do you agree with that move? Or would it be, hey, maybe a buyback at Coppin uh, with the plus number now? I think it's went a little bit too far here because I myself wound up saying Morgan State as an underdog, and I wound up taking them as a little bit of a money line underdog earlier in the day because with Morgan State, they're the, actually the number one team in all of college basketball with regards to possessions brain. This team plays at warp speed, and Coppin State is a team that's a little bit banged up. Tyree Corbett, their top rebounder, guy that's able to give you nine boards per game. He wound up playing in a game about a week or so ago after suffering an injury. He wound up playing 13 minutes, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks, zero everything, and then he wound up getting held out once again. So you've got to figure that he's going to be out of the fold. Jesse Zarzula, the main scorer for Coppin State, has been out for a few weeks as well. So this is a guy that you can't necessarily rely upon. Now, Morgan State has been all over the place, but Malik Martin, a 6'4", do-it-all guy, 13.5 points, 8 boards per game. He's come back. He's been able to give this Morgan State team a little bit of a spark. It's a big reason why Morgan State started out the year 3-12 and 12 against the spread, but has been able to cover four other last five. So I do agree with the move. I think that now that you've gotten to two, it's a little bit more of a say-way, but I myself like Morgan State as an underdog. I tell you what, I don't know anybody who would question your credentials. <laughs> I mean, I'm still looking for that game right now. But yet you had every data point analysis on that game off the top of your head, Hoops. That was very, very impressive. Hey, Morgan State was a team that I thought had a good chance of being able to win the MEAC in the, re in the <laughs> preseason and compensate. They're coached by Juan Dixon, who you may remember yep. from Maryland fame. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you're the best, man. Uh, follow him on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. Greg Hoops Peterson, cannot thank you enough. That was awesome. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much right there. I mean, my goodness, Josh. I, I, I don't know if you thought um, it was going to take him a minute, but it didn't take him a minute. Uh, and that was spot on uh, and great analysis right there. Seriously, who else in the business can you throw Coppin State, Morgan State at and get like a, a, a two-minute breakdown with all those data points? That's why we love Greg Hoops. Yeah, absolutely, and you'll get more of that uh, with the madness uh, and certainly with Greg Hoops Peterson all over the place here at Beeson, the guide. I mean, all over the place. Again, great resource uh, for you as a better uh, to get into the mind of Greg Hoops Peterson. Come up next, though. We got to get into the mind of Josh Applebaum with some uh, NBA action, some betting angles. Uh, a lot to break down there. Come up next. Zen Nicotine Pouches is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and are made from food-grade ingredients. Just open a child-restraint lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is available in 10 varieties and two strengths. Three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction, six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Enjoy nicotine anywhere, anytime. Speaking of Zen, find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit Zen.com, that's Z-Y-N.com to learn more and to find nicotine 
uh, pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are available for adults 21 and over uh, who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. So, Josh, uh, the NBA, uh, I mean, teachable moments uh, up and down the board. Uh, this is a unique situation here with Miami in a road back-to-back uh, situation. Uh, earlier, they opened, I saw two and a half. Uh, you can see now that Brooklyn uh, is a favorite, minus one and a half here. KD anticipated coming back. Uh, there is some injury news uh, to go over, too, when it comes to the Miami Heat. Yeah, a ton of injury news here and a big line move. And again, another dog-to-fave situational uh, betting system play for me. So mm-hmm. this game was kind of like on my radar, Pritch. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed and pulled the trigger on Brooklyn a little bit earlier. But now you're seeing further movement to Brooklyn because uh, it's not just Kyle Lowry who looks like he's going to be out for this game. It's also Jimmy Butler who's questionable. You also have P.J. Tucker, Caleb Martin. So uh, it's always annoying in the NBA when they kind of wait to leak out these injuries. Uh, and then you see the line move and some of the value is now gone. So to your point, Pritch, a lot of these books open heat, you know, laying three, three Three and a half on the road. You've seen the line now completely flip to Nets minus one and a half. Now you are getting, of course, uh, Kevin Durant back here, and this is a back-to-back here for the Miami Heat. So I'd look at a money line play at this point on the Nets. I do like to be on the side of a dog-to-fave line move. Again, you really wanted to jump on this a little bit earlier, almost with the game we were talking about with Greg in college with, with Morgan State at kind of a better number in this spot. I did make a play on the over, though, Pritch. A lot of these books open around 220, 221. You've seen it get up to 222 at some shops. It's down a little bit uh, now to 221.5, but a lot to like about the over, in my opinion. Obviously, you're getting Durant back, but both these teams are top 15 offensive efficiency. You have three over refs in this game. You also have Miami, 38 and 25 to the over this season. So, with some of these guys questionable, I don't like it as much as I did before. I'm already holding in pocket, you know, the over 222. Uh, But, Pritch, it's always with these injuries. Tough, uh, you know, betting on the end. NBA every day because you can spend all morning capping something and then you get these late breaking injuries and it kind of blows up in your face. Okay. Butler's uh, questionable. That's a big one, but he didn't have a great game against Milwaukee. Uh, certainly uh, you think about the complete team that is the Miami heat at this point. And now you bring back KD with new teammates though. Like it's one thing to practice with Curry and, and Drummond is it's another thing to play in a game now, right? Uh, in a game against Miami heat. So the, the heat, they're a dog. Now I mentioned it because the injury, certainly that's a big one. If, if he's indeed out uh, talking about Butler. Uh, but what about the fact that the heat, they are a pretty deep team. I mean, hero again is averaging off the bench 20 points and he went off against Milwaukee. So uh, I, I don't know, maybe a chance to catch Miami as a dog in this one, even though the return of KD uh, is going to excite a lot of people with the nets. Yeah, I think if you're betting the Nets here, Pritch, you're not betting just Durant coming back. I think that okay. might be, you know, the mindset of a casual better just saying, hey, I want to sweat Durant in his first game back. He's missed 21 games. Let's just bet that the Nets here. To me, if you're betting the Nets, you're betting on the fact that this injury report is getting bigger and bigger and bigger here for the Miami Heat. And sometimes you see with these teams, Pritch, who have, you know, and again, to your point, you know, Miami's really, really deep. Tyler Hero is a big favorite here uh, for sixth man of the year. Last I looked, I think he was like minus 1,000. He's having a fantastic year off the bench. Uh, but also it's like when the injury report gets bigger, and bigger to me that's when it gets a little bit dicier so um you know again if you got this number a little bit earlier you're feeling good about it you could buy low and grab the points now but also pritch with a team like Miami, sometimes I feel like these teams just say, hey, we're going to give this game. You know, not not that they're not going to try, but sitting everyone out, second leg of a back-to-back, maybe you rest your guys and say, hey, we'll give up a game, you know, early in March so that later in the year some of these guys have a little bit less of a load when you get to playoff time. Yeah, and that's uh, in a situation they want to <laughs> avoid that play-in situation, <laughs> so they got to get on it. 
a sense of urgency out there in Brooklyn for sure. How about Memphis and Boston? Uh, I'm going to give you the floor on this one, though, Josh, because I'm looking forward to this game. A lot of people are minus two and a half on the board here for Boston. Two twenty-three and a half uh, is the total. Yeah, Pritch, it's always nice when your favorite team happens to be what you consider, you know, an edge or a sharp play in your opinion. So that's what what's going on with my Celtics here. So this is really fishy. How do you not take the the Grizzlies here getting two and a half points? John Morant is on fire. MVP odds are on the rise. They're 43 and 20. They're 42 and 21 ATS uh, on the road this year. I think they're 23 and nine against the spread. So it's like low hanging fruit. You got to play the Grizzlies here, but it's not just what the number is. It's where it opened and how it moved and why it moved. Uh, this game actually opened Grizzlies listed as around a two and a half point favorite on the road. Some books are even Grizzlies minus three. Uh, they're getting a big majority of bets because they've been so good this year, but the line has flipped to the Celtics. So just like that, you know, Pacers game from yesterday, uh, it went dog to fave to the Pacers. They end up getting it done. It was heck of a sweat. You needed to go to overtime there, but I'll go with this move with the Celtics. What doesn't make sense to me, Pritch is Jalen Brown is expected to miss this game. Mm -hmm. uh, he had an ankle sprain. You heard Ime Udoka say it's not that bad. It shouldn't hold him out too long, but you have no Jalen Brown yet the line still went to the Celtics. That looks fishy to me. It's one of these plays where, hey, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it makes sense to respected betters who maybe see an edge here on Boston. I think you're banking on, you know, the defense of the Celtics. We talked about it a ton on this show, Pritch. Second in the NBA in defensive efficiency. It's also, again, a bad ATS, good ATS play where the Celtics only 31 and 33 covering the number, whereas 42 and 21 there uh, for the Grizzlies. So I don't really, you know, blame anyone taking the points of the Grizzlies. You could make a case now that the line is, is giving them points that they have some value here, but I never want to go against these plays, Pritch, you know, and especially when it doesn't make sense with no Jalen Brown, yet the line's going toward the Celtics. Tells me respect and money likes Boston, regardless of Brown playing or not. So I money line the Celtics here, Pritch. I can't wait to sweat the Celtics at home tonight. Yeah, I mean, fortunate for the Celtics, they're a different team. I mean, Brown going down with a with a ham strung this team uh, in terms of options. Uh, but they spread the floor. They spread the ball. Tatum is phenomenal. Uh, a lot of scoring options for them. And then defensively, what you mentioned. Now, the John Morant thing, though, <laughs> this is different, too, because we haven't seen this in a while. Normally, we'll see little guys in the perimeter shooting the rock, uh, Steph Curry in particular. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, drool over that, right? Uh, but the <laughs> fact that this guy is turning back the clock when it comes to basketball, a little guy operating in the paint. Uh, I mean, Kobe is bigger than this guy. MJ was bigger than John Morant when they operated in the paint, and that was spectacular. Now, Jaw operating in the paint – uh, with his size, it's spectacular, right? And and I don't know if dude, can the Celtics contend with something like that, uh, Josh. I mean, a lot of times we see perimeter defense because you need to guard the three-point line. I get it. But what about when you have an athletic uh, little guy like this that just can be so creative uh, and so dominating and he does not mind attacking the rim? Yeah, so Morant, just absolutely incredible right now, Pritch. You look at his box scores, his MVP odds are skyrocketing. So I think maybe if this line is going to the Celtics, uh, Sharps, who are way smarter than me and you know much better at me at betting, they must feel like, hey, the Celtics' great defense yeah. could maybe mitigate John Morant a little bit here. And Pritch, to your point, who's the last small guy who's doing what Morant's doing? <laughs> I feel like it's Al Allen Iverson. You right. know, when I was back in high school, those early days there, where Iverson, you know, weighing uh, I don't know a buck eighty, uh, would just you know light it up, you know, shooting, going to the rim. We really haven't seen a guy of his stature and his size played this uh, impressively to me. The last one is Iverson at this point. Yeah, no, I mean it, it, to attack the rim like this and to play amongst the trees like this uh, is turning back the clock uh, and is very exciting because again, we got used to what we see on the perimeter so much. And yeah, I mean, shooting a three is exciting, but what Jaw is doing uh, is just uh, to me remembering uh, when we saw those superstars operating in the paint, let's get to golden state uh, and Dallas. 
Golden State showing signs of being leg weary. Uh, I think it's more defensively, though. Kerr's been talking about that. Uh, and then recently, Dallas had that huge comeback uh, on the road against Golden State. So now Dallas has Golden State at home. What do you think? Yes, this is another dog to fave line move, Pritch. Give me the Dallas Mavericks in this one. I think, you know, to your credit, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. What is up with the Warriors? It really is probably missing some of these defensive glue guys. You know, Draymond Green may not, you know, give you, you know, impressive numbers, but he will, you know, sprinkle in points, rebounds, assists, but it's really the defense that he provides that really makes Golden State a great team. Even Iguodala, who's getting up there in age, missing him is really hurt. So, Pritch, this is a play on number one, a line move. You know, again, if you ever have questions about a game, always just, you know, look at what the market is telling you because mm-hmm. you got to operate on the premise of you know hey there are billy walters betters out there there are smart betters out there who have the respect of the books and if they're moving a number you may not agree with that but you have to respect it uh, you don't it doesn't mean you have to play it you could do whatever you want as a better but i think it's important to respect these moves that really flip a number that's what you're seeing here with the mavericks the mavericks pretty much in the same spot as the Celtics. They opened getting about two points, two and a half points. Now they flipped to a two-point favorite. This is a money line play for me on Doncic tonight. And Pritch, just the way they've, they've trended as well, uh, Golden State is only two and six their last 10 games. Uh, and you saw it last night, we did, or a couple nights ago, we did a show where they were in a really good spot against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were in a really tired back-to-back spot. They really don't even show up for that game. There was good closing line value, didn't matter. They lose that game and don't even cover I think this is a play here with a, a Golden State team two and six their last ten or two and six their last eight, whereas Dallas really getting their group eight and two their last ten, and Dallas is twenty and eleven at home this year. So I'll follow that sharp move. Give me the money line. I like Dallas in this spot. I know the Warriors are a great team, but yep. something's up with them right now. I think they're a bet against tonight. A little out of St. Clay, uh, questionable too, but then also Dallas's defense has stepped up, only allowing 107 points per game in the last five games. Incredible. That was on the road too, Josh. Uh, come up next, uh, we got some best bets to get to to close out the last segment here on Betting Across America right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my <laughs> Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Bet on more than the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts. If you're new to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with bonus code VSEN1000. Plus earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or convert into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM Resorts nationwide. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements, rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. One game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. Uh, Josh, I've been impressed with Harden. Uh, he went over his uh, player prop, uh, 26 points uh, on, on, in the game last night. Uh, teachable moment because I, I think he's a floor general too. So I'm seeing the 76ers kind of distinguish themselves that way. Uh, so when you're looking at betting basketball in particular, let's get to, uh, for instance, college hoops. Big game, Michigan State, Ohio State. Anything that you look for distinguishable uh, at this point of the season heading into conference tournament time? Yeah, so I think what I look at most, Pritch, is, you know, the data that you've gotten over multiple games in a huge sample size. So think about it this way. Like when you're betting a, a sport that first starts, it can be a little bit difficult on a better because we don't have a lot to go off of. We can look at, you know, obviously like, you know, preseason rankings and futures bets and win totals and stuff like that. But until we get data and see what's going on on the field or the court or the ice or whatever, you know, we're kind of operating with a little bit of, of uh, you know, volatility or uh, an unknown. Basically, when you get to this late in the year, Pritch, there's a lot of information to go mm -hmm. off of. You know, we just got through an NFL season talking about how, you know, the Super Bowl lines and the playoff lines are really, really sharp because these supercomputers that the odds makers use to set the numbers have so much information to throw in there to, to get a really, really sharp number. So this time of year, it's kind of a similar sort of thing. Obviously, you know, college basketball is a little different because of the madness, because you have the element of, you know, surprise and upsets. And that's part of the reason why we love it. But for example, like this Michigan State, Ohio State game, I'd actually look at laying the points here with Ohio State. I don't right. typically like you know, betting the, uh, the ranked team versus the unranked team, uh, to me, I, I want to go the other way, but this is a situation where the public's all over that trendy dog with Michigan state, Michigan state across the market is getting around 65% of bets. I think the public just, they'll, you know, still sees Sparty thinks of Tom Izzo. the weather's getting better. They're getting six points. You might as well take it, especially against an Ohio state team. That's lost their last two games. I mean, Ohio state lost to Nebraska Pritch, Who's terrible. <laughs> they were a 15 point favorite in that one. You lose 78 to 70. So to me, I kind of like to bet on these quote unquote good teams coming off a really bad loss. Again, Publix all over Michigan State, but this game open. I saw a lot of shops open like minus five and a half, and it, now it's up to six. So the line's going to Ohio State, even though majority bets are on Michigan State. And by the way, Pritch, you know, Michigan State could surprise you. They could win outright, they could cover. But I've been betting on this team, you know, to my chagrin recently. I don't know what's up with them. Kind of like the Warriors. They're just not traveling. They're not showing up for some of these matchups. On the one hand, that gives them good buy low value. But to me, they're a trendy dog tonight. I'd actually look to lay the points with Ohio State. Okay, Michigan State five and five on the road <laughs> and then Ohio State 12 and two at home uh, this season too. So there's something that you can distinguish distinguish uh, for sure in a matchup. Okay, looking at Duke from a future standpoint, uh, I was looking at it this morning because they're, they're plus 1,200 uh, to win a championship. They're a two seed, projected to be a two seed right now. Uh, they got the big game against UNC, Coach K's last game at Cameron. Uh, and, and, you know, just the optics, Josh, 
it just feels like, depending on conference tournament two for Duke, uh, that they're on this run, uh, this swan song for Coach K. So from a future standpoint, plus 1,200, just looking for something distinguishable that could aid Duke and their process of winning the national championship this year. What do you think? Yeah, win one for the Gipper here, Pritch. You know, again, this is the Coach K swan song here. And again, can't wait for that UNC Duke game on Saturday. Don't have a line out there yet. Yeah. I'm excited to sweat that one. So uh, just looking at, you know, the futures market versus what Ken Palm has. Ken Palm has Duke, the fifth best team in the country. You'll get their odds to uh, to win the national championship here. They have the fifth best odds. So I think they're kind of right where they should be okay. uh, in terms of a discrepancy between the market and the futures price. Um, with that being said, obviously, you're going to, you know, think about, you know, playing your heart out here for Coach K as he, as he, uh, you know, departs here toward the end of his career. I don't have a huge position either way on Duke. They're probably right where they should be, but I'll give you an example, Pritch. Baylor. Baylor is a team that I would target in the futures market. Can they cut down the nets? You know, we'll see. They did it last year, but looking at what Ken Palm has, Ken Palm has Baylor, the second best team in the country in terms of advanced analytics, trailing only Gonzaga here. But if you look at the futures market for Baylor to cut down the nets, they actually have the seventh best odds. So you're looking at a team that is plus 1400 with Baylor, has that pedigree, went there last year, but they don't have the second best odds where Ken Palm has them. They're number seven. So to me, that number is a little bit high. Uh, I'd look at plus 1400 and that's the way I kind of look at some of these spots. You know, are you being under or overvalued to me? Baylor is being undervalued. The advanced analytics really like this team second best in college, but they only have the seventh best odds to me. The plus 1400 with the bears could be worth a look. Okay. It shows you how wide open this, <laughs> this field is going to be for sure. This tournament is going to be nuts, which we want that uh, as betters. Okay. Josh Applebaum market insights podcast each and every day. Uh, you go uh, across the board, all over the board and find certain plays for sure. Uh, I know you have some college basketball and some hockey to get to. What did you have? Yeah, so we got a lot to get to today, Pritch. Uh, Central Florida is one that jumped out to me. Central Florida is on the road at Tulane. Now, this isn't a uh, Ken Palm edge here. Uh, two, uh, Ken Palm actually has Tulane winning by three points, but important thing here is this is an injury based play based on a, a Twitter injury, basically following the market and, and trying to uh, be the first to know, not the last and try to get a good number. So I money lined UCF when they're around a, a pick them or a minus one. The big thing here, Pritch is with um, Tulane, their number one player, Jalen cook. He's averaging 18 points a game. He's the second leading scorer in the entire conference. He has a hamstring injury. He's going to miss this game. So when this line first open, you got a lot of books, you know, Tulane a one point favorite or a pick them type number. Now with uh, this Jalen Cook player out, the line is flipped now to UCF lane two. So I'm on UCF money line here. To me, if you're missing your best player in college, that's going to be a really difficult spot for Tulane. And you have had Central Florida um, win a couple games in a row. They've pretty, been pretty decent this year to sweat. And they do have a big rebounding edge, 35 to 31 a game. So with that top player out for Tulane, I took UCF in that one. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple others off the beaten path, Pritch. Uh, Marist. Marist is on the road at Canisius. Uh, looked at Marist here on a very short number. They open as a one-point favorite against Canisius. You've seen them get steamed up two round minus one and a half or even minus two. So this is one of those low bet games. Public isn't waking up saying, I, I got to bet Canisius Marist, Pritch. Yet the line is going to Marist in this spot. Now, Ken Palm is Marist winning by three. So a little bit of actionable value there. Uh, they've won six straight. And they've been uh, nine and nine in conference play, so not nothing crazy. But Canisius only five and thirteen in conference play, so I'll look toward Marist in this spot. Uh, another play, Pritch. You know, just looking at uh, my sheet here. A couple more. Uh, if you're looking at tonight, Cal State Fullerton. This is a really late game. It's a eleven o'clock game on the East Coast. 
To me, there's value here on Cal State Fullerton. You've seen this line move Fullerton opening around minus two. Uh, a lot of these twos got bet up to two and a half. You're kind of hovering around two, two and a half, depending on what number you're looking at. But a late game that to me is more of an analytics-based play. Uh, Ken Palm has Cal State Fullerton winning by four. Greg Hoops has him by four and a half, our guy there. Uh, you also get Cal State Fullerton. 10 and one at home this year, UC Riverside only five and six on the road. And this would mark a revenge game for Cal State Fullerton. They lost to Riverside 67-54 back on January 21st. So this is the kind of play on a low number uh, and a late game, Pritch, that looks to me Cal State Fullerton uh, is the play here. I'll be sweating Cal State Fullerton. All right, yeah, no, minus two here on the board right now. 134 and a half uh, is the total. Okay, NHL, uh, a big one out here in Vegas. Boston, <laughs> your Bruins, uh, Josh, uh, travel to Vegas. Uh, Vegas right now uh, is looking like uh, it's uh, pretty much a pick them here. Uh, five and a half uh, is the total. Yeah, so Pritch, you know, a lot of times uh, I'm jealous of, be, of not being out in Vegas with you guys. Tonight's a night I wish I was in Vegas <laughs> to go to this game. My Boston Bruins playing VGK here. Uh, last time I visited and uh, proposed to my fiance, we actually stayed at the uh, Park MGM, which is like a stone's throw from T-Mobile. Mm -hmm. So I wish we were there tonight and uh, we could sweat it together, Pritch. But I'm going to go Boston Bruins, not just because they're my favorite team, but you see a really sharp line move to the Bruins tonight. A lot of these books open as high as Vegas Golden Knights, uh, laying minus 120, laying minus 130 at one shop. You see the line get all the way down to a pick them. So again, theme of the day for me is a lot of these dog to fave line moves. And you think about them in, in you know, spread sports, like, you know, maybe NFL or, or, or basketball, you don't see it a ton in hockey. It takes a lot to move a number in hockey. Really. There's no value to going contrarian. There's not enough public betting these games, but this big steam move to Boston uh, tells me there's some respected money on the Bruins. This is going to be uh, one of their last games of their road trip. They're coming off a bad loss to the ducks where they gave up a goal late and Jeremy Swayman, their starting goaltender has been fantastic here. So, so I know you got Eichel in Pritch, but you're still missing Pacioretty and Stone. I like the Bruins here in a get-right spot after a bad loss with Swayman. Really great in net here. Let's go Boston Bruins tonight. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I saw you on Twitter talk about betting hockey at times. And, you, okay, betting when you can also cheer for the team at the same time kind of enhances all that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Having a sweat pitch is nothing like it, especially when it's your team. And again, right. when I was a new better, I bet on my team just because they're my team. I only bet them now if they're sharp. So when that kind of synergy takes place, it gets me excited to sweat them. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you do point out sharp movement because, you know, as public casual bettors, we don't often find that. So great job today, Josh. Uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. The Edge come up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.